0: Adult content intended for an adult audience only. Content of stories is purely fiction and not intended to be used for anything but enjoyment for those who enjoy these topics and situations. If you don't agree with the themes and the tags, please do not listen to the story. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. Contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link above to further support this writer. Dragon Prince by Dragon Selt. She huddled in the corner of the room on the only sitting place there was besides the bed she refused to sit on the bed in the little window alcove. She could not believe that this had happened. Her guardian had actually sold her to dragon prince as his wife. Her life had pretty much gone to hell the moment she had been taken from her parents as a bartering chip for the kingdom. She was one of the few females that was guaranteed to be fertile, and so was a very great commodity in this world. She had not wanted to go, but had they not taken her they would have taken her sister, and she was barely old enough to know anything of the world let alone be sold off in marriage to the highest bidder. She smiled bitterly at that thought at least her guardian had gotten nothing more than a temporary peace treaty out of her sale instead of the riches he had hoped for. She had been fifteen when she had been taken, and it had been deemed that she would be worth more once her body had been given a chance to mature enough to immediately bear the children her husband would want from her. Now though, as she had reached a score of years she had finally been given to the man who posed the greatest threat to her captors, the Prince of the Dragons. He was actually more like a king but the word in their old language had sounded closer to prince and so that was how the word wound up being translated. She glanced over at one of the only pieces of furniture in the room, a full-length mirror, and looked in wonder at the way she had been dressed. The dress emphasized the swells of her hips and breasts as well as the dip of her waist and the subtle strength of her whole body. This was a dress designed to flaunt the attributes which gave evidence to her fertility that which had gotten her into so much trouble throughout her life. When it was discovered that she was not an only child but had several siblings attesting to her family's ability to bear many children and her family lines had been researched, her blood had been tested for the hormones which would show her to be a highly fertile female. Thus the trail of her life had led her here. She had been presented earlier in the day to the Dragon Prince, and in the ceremony she had been given to him as his wife and likewise he was given to her as husband. He had not been old or ugly as she had been anxious about, but he was obviously a warrior and soldier in his mind and actions as well as certain coldness in his icy eyes attesting to the cruelties he had been rumored to have committed. She had noticed that in the back of the room there had been two people she could have sworn were her parents. But she had not seen them in nearly five years, and so would be unable to truly decipher whether or not it had been them in truth. After the ceremony, she had been led by her guard up to this chamber to await the blessings of the bridal chamber. Soon she would be led there to await the arrival of her new husband, who would ceremonially carry her into the chamber, and they would remain there for at least three days, as was customary. In that time, they would consummate the union, and do their best to conceive an heir for the dragon prince. She knew what she must do, had been advised since her capture and how to make the best of her most valuable asset her fertility. There came a knock at the door and a maid popped her head into the doorway. Princess, it is time for you to go to your true chamber. The woman was obviously of the dragons as she had the lilting accent that came from speaking the rolling language all the dragons spoke. It startled her at first to be referred to as princess, but the term was actually quite correct. I understand. I am as ready as I ever shall be. She walked as regally as she could, trying her best to live up to her title, but she knew what was needed of her. She need do nothing except be the breeder the prince needed and then be a decent mother to the children she brought into the world. As she stepped out of the holding chamber and into the hallway she saw that several of the guests had lined the walk between the two chambers. They seemed to be the highest in rank and as she went up the small set of steps to get to the part of the hall leading to the chamber she spotted her new husband waiting outside the door. Next to him stood an older man who shared many of his features and a woman who appeared to be about the same age as the older man and she saw that the woman had eyes the same hue as her husband's. These must be his parents. Then she saw the two people next to his parents and realized that these were her mother and father that she had not seen for five years. Tears sprung into her eyes and she nearly tripped. She regained her footing and her face broke into the biggest smile she had ever felt. She walked quickly to them and realized that her mother was about to cry and so was she. Mother? Father? They each hugged her and she had enough time to look questioningly between them before the music signaling the ceremony must continue began. Her father turned her toward her husband whose eyes had lost a bit of their frost as he turned to her as well. He took her hands and led her to the door then picked her up in his arms. It was actually quite a ways up for her, being a sturdy person she had never really gotten picked up, but he was a tall, strong man and could easily hold her. He shifted his weight and kicked in the door. She was more than a bit startled by it and instinctively clung tighter to him. He took the necessary steps into the room and pushed his foot behind him to close the door then walked over and set her down on the bed so that he could bolt them in. She looked around the room trying to distract herself from what was to come. This room is really pretty. I like the tapestries. He turned to her from where he was trying to set a bar into place across the door. My mother decorated it. She tried to figure out what you would like. He paused, as if unsure of his words. She will be glad to hear that you approve. The bar fell into place and he leaned back against the wall, just looking at her for a time. Uncomfortable with his scrutiny as she just sat there, she stood and walked about the room, searching for something to talk about. A very pertinent topic came to mind. How was it that my parents were able to be here today? He noticed the nervous way her fingers twisted together and thought to go along with the conversation for a bit to ease her nerves. When Xanth offered me a bride in the efforts of peace I could not imagine him doing so with a daughter of his own so I looked into the circumstances. My mother found out about the details of your status and she sent out a search for your family. She said that no bride should marry without her parents in attendance if at all possible. I agree. Once again he paused. They will be here for several weeks. I have arranged for them to stay here so that you can catch up. He also hoped that her mother would be helping her prepare for their first child. She turned back to him, surprise and delight shining in her eyes. He was not far from her, and her joy at being able to see her parents temporarily overcame her shyness, and she hugged him, pressing herself to him and squeezing in her happiness. Thank you so much for that. I haven't seen or heard from them in almost five years I had thought never to see them again. She turned her face up to his. Thank you. She stretched up and placed a kiss on his cheek that he seemed surprised at the gesture, and she blushed and tried to move away. But he put his arms around her and kept her as she was. Her body was very womanly, and he had not ever felt such a lush, feminine body pressed to his like this. He was loath to let her go and lose the very warm feeling she seemed to raise in him. I rather like your manner of thanks. I wonder what you will do when I tell you that your siblings— your brother and his wife as well, will be arriving within this night. She looked back up to his face, her head reached the middle of his chest, her eyes wide in shock and a beaming smile returning. Are you serious? My entire family will be here? He nodded and waited to see how she would react. As he had silently hoped her arms returned around him in the hug and she went to kiss his cheek again, but this time he caught her mouth with his own. Her lips were soft and lush as he predicted the rest of her body would be. His hands rested on her hips, and he could not stop the urge to squeeze his hands to feel those well formed curves. He gave a fleeting thought to how much he liked kissing this woman who was closer to his height. In the past, most of the women he had dealt with were significantly shorter than the last year, and he liked the idea that kissing her would not give him a cramp in his neck. She pulled back and settled back on her heels. Neither had realized that she had stretched up and he had pulled her closer to him, but now that small distance remained between them. i have never been kissed before. She brought her hand up to her lips and tried to understand the tingle his had left there. Her eyes rose to meet his and she could see that there was none of the iciness that had been there earlier. Now they seemed to almost glow. Well, it seems we need to make up for lost time. Her brow puckered in slight confusion and her mouth opened to ask him something, but he took the opportunity to capture her lips once more. Her admission had brought out a primal part of him that made him want to brand her as his. She was as innocent as physically possible it seemed, and that was a good thing because at that moment he felt like he would have willingly killed any other man who had touched her. Her arms slid up to his shoulders to hold on and he pressed her against him with one arm while the other came up to cradle the back of her head to hold her to his kiss. She could feel how his body responded to hers and she felt the heat that he stirred in her spreading through her body. She pressed herself to him and her breast pressed into his chest. He was invading her mouth, plundering it as his own and she could feel the sense of possessiveness he was trying to impress upon her. She could do nothing but surrender, and she did so happily. She could tell by the way he had been talking with her that he truly did want a companion, not just the breeder she had been promised to be for him. She knew deep down that, if given the proper time, she could come to really love this man and he could come to love her. He raised his head for a moment, and she realized they were both breathing heavily. He said something in the rolling tones of the dragon's language, and she croaked out. What? He smiled as his gaze caught on her lips which were starting to appear a bit kiss-swollen. I said I claim you as my own dot. He seemed unable to resist the temptation any further and bent once more to her lips. It seemed to her like he was determined to count her teeth, though it was actually quite enjoyable, and she decided to do it back to him. At the first foray of her tongue in his mouth an electric jolt seemed to go through his body, and he pulled her so tight against him that her back popped in a couple places and her feet left the ground. Then it felt like he was rubbing her entire body with his, and the heat in her body spread and grew until it felt like even her toes were burning. She felt the mattress behind her legs and realized that he had moved them back to the bed. Slowly, and distracting her with his kiss, he settled them back on the bed. So as not to scare her, he rolled them so that she rested next to him. He released his hold on her, letting one hand rest on her hip and the other gently cup her cheek and support him by his elbow. Reluctantly, he broke the kiss. She looked up at him questioningly he smoothed some hair out of her face. You are so beautiful, he said in his native tongue. Her eyebrows drew together, and he realized with a bit of humor that he was going to have to teach her the language. He translated for her, and she blushed shyly. She looked up into his eyes and her hand moved into his hair at the nape of his neck. She played with the tendrils that were darker than ebony. She had a vision then, of two children, a boy and a girl, and they looked at her with glittering blue eyes and ebony hair and curls identical to her own and the girl had a smile that was a match to her own. The shock of realizing that she had seen her children swept over her, and she could tell by the look on his face that he had seen the same thing that she had and it had moved him in the same way it had her. She wanted to make sure though. Did you see? Yes. Sometimes when a monumental event is about to occur my people will receive visions of the event or the signs. I think you saw it too because we were touching when it came to me. Were those our children? He was silent for a moment. I? I believe so. She replayed the vision in her mind. Twins, wow. I think it is a sign that we are a good match. For the last three generations of my father's family there has only been one child in each union to have twins would be. He seemed unable to come up with an accurate word to describe the true repercussions of the miracle. I think I understand what you mean. She thought of the rest of what he had said. You mean you didn't have any siblings or cousins or anything? Her own family was actually quite large and had been part of the reason for her abduction. At the time of her abduction, she had been the oldest unwed female of the family. And with the way her family had many children to each union, it had been enough cause to have her blood tested for fertility. Not on my father's side, and my mother's family is human and did not approve of the union, despite his rank. It is part of why it was so important for me to marry an extremely fertile woman to ensure that my family's reproductive abilities improve and my children will not be alone. His hand began lightly stroking the side of her body from hip to ribs, then slowly over the side of her breast. She closed her eyes and he saw the heat flush her cheeks. When she got hold of herself and looked at him again he leaned in and kissed her. She held on to him and he splayed his hand along her side, bringing it up to stroke the side of her breast. When he had her sufficiently breathless he moved his mouth from the temptation of her lips to the soft line of her jaw back to her ear and the soft, sensitive place behind it. She gasped when he gave her a little love bite and the nails of one hand scraped his scalp making him shiver in pleasure. In response he nibbled his way down her neck to the place where her shoulder met her neck and bit her gently there before swirling his tongue over the spot to lessen the sting. She jumped slightly at the surprise of it, and her legs moved restlessly against his. He had moved over her slightly, leaning over her and caressing whatever he could. She started trying to pull up his tunic to be able to touch him herself, and he lifted up off of her long enough to remove the tunic and toss it in the general direction of the table and chairs set out for them. He did not really care where it landed as long as it no longer hindered his wife's innocent yet eager touch. Her hands reached up and she ran them over the hard muscle and sinew and the skin that covered them. She seemed fascinated by his shoulders until she got to the muscles of his stomach. There she stroked again and again and her soft touch made him yearn to feel those fingers stroking all over his body. His hands trembled a bit when she reached the waist of his trousers and he had to concentrate to find the seam with all the hooks and eyes that closed the back of her dress. When she took her cue from his earlier ministrations and nibbled along his neck as well as running her hands over his back and pressing their bodies close, he broke two of the hooks. How good are you at sewing? She stopped nibbling his neck and looked at him, confused. What? He took a deep breath. How well do you sew? She raised an eyebrow but answered. I do pretty well actually. Why? Before she had finished speaking he had formed a claw and cut down the back of the dress. She gasped as he peeled the split dress off of her in a swift motion and tossed it in the same general direction his tunic had flown a few moments before. Because you are going to have to repair the back of that dress, then make sure you never wear anything so complicated again. He took a breath to subdue the urge to transform completely after he made his hand return to human form. His eyes blazed as he finally looked at her after flinging the dress. Her chemise was nearly transparent, and he could make out the shadows of her nipples and the darkness at the apex of her thighs. At some point he had divested himself of his boots, and her hastily made and ill-fitting shoes had been lost when he picked her up off the floor. Now the only clothing between them consisted of his trousers and her chemise and hose. His hand went to the hem of her strapless chemise which met the tops of her white hose at mid-thigh. Gently he pressed her onto her back and knelt at her feet. His fingers stroked her soft flesh for a few moments before he hooked his fingers into the top of her hose and gently tugged it down to her knee. There he leaned in and kissed the flesh he had uncovered and so continued, tugged down the hose a couple inches, stroked the flesh with the tips of his fingers, then flutter little kisses. He did this down to the ankle then swept the hose away and went through the same procedure for the other leg. She put her hands in his hair as long as she could reach, which was not for very long but served to let her feel that connection for a bit longer. Once he was out of reach, though, she would lay back and just absorb the feelings his attentions evoked. After removing the second leg of hose, he looked down the length of her body to where she sat up on her elbows watching him with a gaze so heated it seemed to sear his soul. He grinned at her and slowly but determinedly moved back up her body, kissing her through her chemise as he did and leaving one leg settled between hers. When he reached her chest... He could not tear his gaze from her lush breasts. They moved with her choppy breathing and the movement fascinated him. Her hand came up to caress and cup his cheek and he looked up to meet her gaze. He could see that she wanted desperately whatever he would do, yet she was still so innocent as to be naive about what he was about to do. That mischievous grin returned and he whispered into her neck, Do not worry, my dragoness, you will much enjoy this and all else we will do. Her breath kicked up another notch and he brought his hand to the small bow which held the top of her chemise up, untying it one motion at a time until it loosened to the point that he could peel it down. He bent his head down to the upper portion of her chest which was already exposed, and started kissing and nipping and licking the sweet flesh. She had moved her hand to his hair, and her other stroked his shoulder. As he peeled down the garment, he would expand his kisses to cover that area. When he gently tugged the material past her taut nipples he pulled the chemise down to just below her ribs. He looked into her eyes and slowly ran the back of his fingers along one of her nipples and watched as her pupils dilated farther in pleasure and desire. He bent his head and softly kissed all around the oriole before doing the same to her other breast. Then he went back to the first and ran his tongue around and around the nipple without actually touching it with more than his breath. He repeated this to the other side then sat back and, once again watching her face for her reaction, he blew a stream of cool air across the now-wet flesh. She shivered and goosebumps came up on her skin. Her eyes closed for a moment, and then he was tugging the chemise off of her completely, and she raised her hips slightly to let him. He did not even look to where he tossed the delicate material, his full attention devoted to the woman beneath him, displayed for him in her full, unhindered glory. He closed his eyes and pressed his face into her neck, inhaling her distinctive scent. Soon she would be smothered in his scent, and he would be in hers dot he turned and kissed her deeply, feeling distantly her hands as they traveled down his torso to the belt which held his trousers. She had the buckle undone and the belt half out when he realized what she had done. He pulled back to look into her eyes and smile with her for a moment before returning to their kissing and her increasingly frantic attempts to remove his last article of clothing. He experimented with just what would distract her from her mission. He found that if he swept into her mouth and fenced her tongue with his her hands would slow down, and if he started touching her and taking full possession of her mouth she would stop completely until he let off a bit then her hands had taken on a new vigor and speed. She was not entirely sure how things would work this evening, but she was determined to get to whatever was next. She could feel the tension building inside her, and whenever he would brush his strong, calloused hands against her soft, sensitive flesh she nearly wanted to crawl out of her skin. Finally his body demanded that the annoyance keeping him from full contact with her skin be disposed of and with a quick movement, he had the trousers off and lying in a heap on the floor. He returned to her lips and moved slowly down to her neck and then to her breasts once more as they beckoned to him with their movements caused by her short, quick breaths. When he started nibbling there she moaned and wrapped her arms around his neck. He chuckled against her, happy that his bride was so accepting even in their circumstances. But when she started wreathing in pleasure he had to groan at the feel of the length of her naked body softly sliding against and caressing his. She could feel his manhood against her thigh, hard and, as her older sister would have said ready for action. She called his name softly as his weight settled atop her more firmly to hold her in place. Something hard inside him softened at her breathy tone, and he realized that he could not hold back much longer. His hand stroked from the outside of her knee to the inside of her thigh, and then stole into the warmth of her womanhood. She gasped at the sensation, but he felt what he needed to know. She was ready for the union, and he would not be able to wait any longer. He kissed her deeply and adjusted his position, placing both legs between hers. He hoped that their first union would not pain her too much when he broke through her maidenhead, but he vowed to give her enough pleasure to make up for it. She knew what he was about to do and hoped that her sister was right and that it would hurt no more than the sting of a paper cut. She wanted to get a look at the prince, as she had never seen a naked man before, but whenever she tried to say something— His lips would cover hers or his hands would stroke a particularly sensitive area and her mind would go blank to anything but pleasure. Now he was poised at her entrance and he looked into her eyes. His were glowing a bright blue around the dilated pupils and hers were burning with heat that he placed his palms over each of hers, holding their hands even with their heads and spoke in the dragon's ancient tongue. She recognized the phrase about claiming her but the next couple of sentences she did not understand so she just let the lilting syllables flow over her. Then he bent and kissed her deeply and, as he coaxed her tongue into his mouth and he laid claim to hers, he claimed her body with his. At the sharp, painful sting she squeaked into his mouth, but he accepted the noise and remained perfectly still until the stinging faded. He was only inside her about halfway, but did not want to move further for fear of hurting her more. more.to her. It was the oddest sensation, and yet the most pleasurable that she had ever experienced. When the sting had faded after several moments she moved her legs against him experimentally and the movement caused him to go a bit deeper inside her. He drew in a breath harshly, and she realized that beads of sweat had appeared on his forehead. He seemed to be concentrating very hard on something. She did not realize that he was trying to control his powerful animal instincts which demanded that he finish claiming his mate. She was so tight inside that it almost hurt to be there, but it felt so good. Her little movement broke the control, though, and he looked down into her eyes. She gave him a tremulous smile and pushed against him with her hips again, pushing him still a bit deeper into her. This did it, and as she pushed in that small amount he pulled back and thrust his entire length into her body. She threw her head back, her mouth open and gasping at the sensation of having him so deep inside her. He was touching nerves she did not even know she had and he had not even started moving yet. She had a basic knowledge of the act which produces children provided to her mostly from siblings and then the maids which had attended her after her abduction who thought that a girl who would be sold to give men children should know what would be expected of her. She figured the move had worked before so she tried wiggling her hips against him again and that got him to give up the battle he was waging against his more primitive instincts that he pulled one hand from where he was holding hers and used it to tilt her hips just at the right angle. Then he began the advance and retreat that was as old as time. He kissed her, nibbled her neck and rubbed his chest against hers at various points of the claiming, trying to remain at least somewhat gentle with her. However good his intentions though. When she cried out the first time she reached her peak, he could no longer hold back. Her inner muscles squeezed him so tight that he could not move for a moment. But once they released he pulled her leg up, hooked her knee on his arm and caught her mouth with his, then let go and gave into the primitive claiming his body so craved. She was lost in a sea of ecstasy when she felt him move her leg and then felt the change in his movements. Where they had been gentle and slow— now they were hard and fast, and she felt herself speeding quickly toward another peak. She took her hands, now free and wrapped them around his shoulders, pulling him tight into her and letting her groans and sighs of pleasure play right into his ear just as his claiming growls rang in hers. At one point she bit into his shoulder to stifle a keening cry of pleasure, and he bit her as well and the pleasure doubled at that. When she felt his movements quicken further and a fresh sheen of sweat break out on his back, She knew he was about to experience the wave of pleasure she had and she was moving quickly towards another. She arched harder against him and bit him again, stroking her whole body against his and they peaked in unison. She felt his body shudder and then darkness closed in on her vision dot he experienced the strongest climax he had in his entire life. It seemed as though a part of his soul had been involved in the action, not just his body and seed. He saw her eyes flutter and then she slept. Exhausted. He wanted to join her in that, but instead he rested there for a few moments then got up, his knees more than a bit wobbly, and further pulled back the blankets. Then he settled his bride in and climbed in behind her, pulling her close into his body and wrapping his body around her in a protective, possessive gesture. One arm was below her waist and curled around her to hold her tightly to him, and the other rested on her chest, one of her breasts cradled in his hand with the blankets up to their shoulders, and his face snuggled into her neck and their bodies touching from there to their toes, they slept through the rest of the night. She woke to a feeling of total warmth. She stretched, and when she felt the tongue and teeth against her neck the night's events came back to her. A blush rose in her cheeks when she realized just how wanton she had been, and even now she could not resist pressing back against him and arching her chest into his hand. She felt him wake from the haze of deep sleep when his soft nip changed to kisses on her neck and his arms tightened around her. Mmm. Good morning, wife. He felt her nipple harden in his hand and could smell the scent of her arousal. He smiled as he felt his body's reaction to the knowledge. Sleep well? She gasped when she felt him harden against her buttocks. I suppose, was all she could manage to say as he started stroking her everywhere they touched. Even his breathing seemed to be a caress as his chest pressed into her back. He started licking and nibbling right behind her ear, and she moaned at the tingles it sent through her body. He whispered to her to lift her leg, and with the help of his hand she did so. Then he turned her face and kissed her deeply. It felt so odd to her to be turned in such a way, but the feeling did not last long as she felt his hand stroke between her thighs then felt his manhood there. Her eyes opened and stared into his as they kissed, and he claimed her body once more. Her body was still a bit sore, but not so much that she would even think of denying him, or herself, the delights that their bodies gave each other. All she could do was moan her appreciation, and he groaned back at her at the feeling of her tightness around him. He began thrusting into her body, and with the direction of his hand on her hip she met each of the thrusts as his other hand stroked her breasts. One of her hands held his to her breasts while the other reached behind her and grasped his waist, feeling the rhythm that he was using on her body. When her body caught the rhythm of his he moved his hand from her leg to the place where their bodies met, and he stroked her there. At the sensations his touch elevated, she broke their kiss in her body's arch, and he growled as he bit her shoulder and thrust into her as hard and deep as he could. Her only thought was that this position must make him go deeper because she could feel him touching places he had not reached even the night before. That or her body was just still so new to the experience that it all felt totally new. Probably it was a combination of both. After only a few of these strokes she climaxed, and he pressed his mouth over hers to absorb her cries of ecstasy. As her body clamped down on his he was unable to hold back his own climax and followed her into the blessed oblivion. They lay panting for some time as he remained inside her increasing the chances of conception. Once he felt fairly recovered from their exertions he moved back and rolled her onto her back as he rested above her, leaning on his elbow. She reached her arms around his shoulders and rolled onto her side toward him as well. She pressed against him and he put his free arm around her. They rested contentedly for a while Her sleepy, husky voice brushed across his ear I love it when you touch me He could not hold back the smug grin that spread itself across his face That's good because I love touching you In fact, I plan to be doing a lot of it Content and happy to his core he felt comfortable in being a bit playful with her His hand stroked along her side and he brought out his other hand so that he was stroking either side especially when I get to hear you laugh. And with that he started tickling her sides. She erupted in peals of laughter and started squirming around trying to keep him from reaching where she was ticklish. She decided to try to get him back and soon they were rolling all over the bed in a tickle fight. Her laughter was louder and intermittently paused for a squeal when he would get her good. But his was deeper and throatier and would often cover hers. When he tried to pin her down he learned that she knew how to fight dirty. She did everything from nipping at him to distracting him with kisses to using the promise in her eyes to get him to a point where she was free to win their little tickle war. He knew what she was doing and was able to reciprocate. Though her tactics did distract him slightly, her inexperience and newness to this type of teasing left her more vulnerable to him than he to her. Eventually though with all the rolling around they reached the end of the bed and were so distracted that they fell to the floor. He noticed fast enough to pull her atop him, but they both lost their breath as they landed, him on the floor and her on top of him. He grunted as his head hit the floor despite the slight cushion of the rug beneath him. Are you alright? she asked and cradled his head in her hands. When she scooted up his body to get a closer look her legs fell to either side of his abdomen. His eyes were closed and he groaned for answer. His own hand came up to rub the back of his head and he opened his eyes to the sight of her breasts right in front of his face and her hair spilling around them, her thighs spread to secure herself to either side of his body. She was arched down to him and crooning over his head. I'm fine. His words sounded hoarse at the sight of her body, posed so perfectly above him. He could feel the heat of her femininity pressed to his lower chest. Vaguely he registered a discomfort in his head but he was utterly distracted by the feelings seeing her like this evoked in him. She was concerned about how hard he had hit the floor, with his head especially, but when she looked back to his face all he seemed concerned with was her body astride him. She blushed at that and started to scoot off, but his hands came up and grabbed her hips. No, don't move away. This will be fun. His hands skimmed up her body one taking hold of a breast and the other going to the back of her neck to pull her down to his kiss. Her hand still held his head and she tried to keep her hold fairly gentle as he plunged his tongue into her mouth again and again. With her mouth not moving anywhere that hand moved down her body to where her thighs were spread above his abdomen. He took her moans and sighs of pleasure into his mouth as they kissed. Scoot back a bit, he groaned against her lip only barely able to surface from the exquisite feel of what his hands had been doing to her body, she did as he asked. She wondered vaguely what he would want her to do next and then she felt his hard shaft against her thigh and she was unable to even try to hide what that knowledge did to her body. He moved from kissing her mouth to sliding his tongue down her neck to her collarbone where he stopped to leave a love mark before continuing to her bountiful breasts. He continued kneading her breast with one hand and moved his mouth to the other. He synchronized his tugging and sucking of her breasts to his hands' movements in her feminine core. It was only moments before he felt her ready to take him once more, and he wasted no time in positioning her that last bit and sliding her onto his shaft. He heard her moan of pleasure, and an answering growl rumbled his own chest in response to both her pleasure and his own. Her body was still impossibly tight, and the joy he felt in being surrounded by her soft heat was nearly overwhelming. Her back was arched in response to his invasion within her, and this pressed her breast further into his hungry mouth. His hand on her hip urged and guided her to begin riding him, yet in only a few pumps his need rose savagely, and he rolled them so that he was above her once more. Her eyes opened wide and glassy with pleasure as her legs wound around his waist once more. Ah, he thought proudly, my mate learns quickly. He rewarded her movement with a particularly deep thrust that resulted in more of her sweet moans. Their breaths were short and fast, both of them panting from exertion. When he shifted slightly and went even deeper than before, she felt herself go wild in response. Her arms wrapped around him, and she scratched him while trying to pull him impossibly closer to her. Her legs tightened around his lean hips, her ankles locking behind him to hold him to her. She could feel the back of her hips were going to be tender after all this activity against the hard floor with only a rug between her and the stone, but she could not seem to bring herself to care about that in the face of the bliss she found with her husband. Soon their pleasure overcame them and with groans that evidenced the culmination of their passion they both lost consciousness. When she woke she was back in bed, but he was not with her. She sat up, her sore muscles protesting the movement, and looked around. She finally saw him by their slightly open door, reaching out and accepting a tray of food. Watching him walk over to the table with the heavy tray carrying their breakfast, she was mesmerized by the perfection of his muscular body. He had not bothered to put on clothes to retrieve their meal, and she could see the mix of perfectly even-toned skin and scars both old and fairly fresh. He replaced the bar across the door before finally turning and acknowledging her perusal that he walked back over to the bed and sat next to her, leaning over her with one arm on the other side of her. I see my sleeping beauty has awakened. I was beginning to wonder if it was you who hit your head. He smiled and leaned down to kiss her. Before he could however, his words sunk in and she was instantly fully awake. Oh, your head. Does it hurt? Let me see. Instinctively she felt the need to see for herself that he was still all right. She sat up so fast she almost bumped his head with her own, and he soon found himself the subject of her gentle ministrations once again. He sighed as she pulled his head toward her and her fingers gently prodded at the back of his skull. She found a slight bump and began cooing at him, reminding him of a mother hen with her chicks. I have been injured far worse for far less reward in the past. I assure you I am perfectly fine. At the thought of just what reward he had received for his chivalrous action that morning when they had fallen, he captured her lips in a deep kiss. He was about to take things further, but the sudden, loud growl of her stomach reminded him why he had left her in the first place. He laughed as she blushed, and they both sat back from each other. Well, Dragoness, it seems that your stomach has declared a break. She blushed deeper, and he leaned over to kiss her forehead. It's probably best given the amount of exercise we just had. He winked at her and walked over to the table. She looked around, not yet comfortable enough with her nudity when not in the heat of passion, yet she did not have the strength to pull off a bedsheet. She spied his tunic from their wedding hanging on one of the chairs and, quickly as possible, scooted over and put it on. Her head popped through the neck to find him watching her with a bemused expression. Well, I cannot find my chemise and the dress is currently unwearable. He blinked at her a couple times. Deciding that she must still be too innocent to be comfortable with open, relaxed nudity he let it pass. Considering for a moment he offered to put on pants, and her blush answered his offer. He walked over to a chest at the foot of the bed and pulled out a worn-looking pair of trousers. He put them on and then went back to the table. She tried to sit down next to him, but he pulled her into his lap instead. At her surprised look he said simply, If I can't look at your gorgeous body, I can't be expected to give up holding you as well. She sighed, accepting his assessment. She appreciated that he respected her modesty and told him so. He merely smiled and offered her a piece of fruit. She reached for it and was surprised when he held it out of reach. Uh! She frowned in confusion, her hand falling. Then he pressed the fruit to her lips and she understood that she was to eat from his hands. She smiled and took the fruit. She felt rather like a spoiled pet with him feeding her like that, and she was not sure if she liked that or not. After a few pieces, she decided to feed him and that was when she discovered just how fun this could be. When she put a piece of food to his lips he would manage to lick her finjairs or nibble her fingertips, all the while looking into her eyes and communicating quite clearly that the only reason that he was tasting food and not her was the energy it provided— the former being necessary to enjoy the latter. She noticed that he particularly watched her lips when he fed her a sausage, and she did not really understand why so she just accepted it as one of his quirks, the imagery completely lost on her. Their food consisted entirely of what could be termed finger foods, even a few small pastries. The dragon prince decided he would have to thank the head cook who had designed the meal and prepared it herself. He had no doubt that she had done so to further hasten the conceiving of an heir. He was quite sure that the effort had not been wasted dot a knock at the door broke their reverie just as they finished the food and he rose to let in several servants carrying water for a bath. They set down their pails of water and opened a door she had not noticed before to take out a huge clawfoot tub. The prince directed them to set it in front of the fireplace then added more wood to the fire. The water they had brought was already warm but the water they saved for rinsing would need to be kept warm while they bathed so it was put in front of the opening in the fireplace whilst the rest was poured into the huge tub. When the last of the servants had left and the bar was back in place across the door he turned to where he had set her at their place at the table. My princess, your bath awaits, he said with a flourishing bow. The End